Welcome to Excel Radio with Dr. Nick Zarowski, where we talk with world-class entrepreneurs, executives, and health experts who have unlocked the secrets to Excel Health and performance. This is Dr. Nick Zarowski, your health and high performance expert. And today we're going to be digging into a topic that is going to help you keep at the top of your game for a lifetime. And this is the strategies and tips that are necessary to keep your brain sharp and avoid the aging brain. See, so many people today are having a huge struggle where they have brain fog, they can't focus, and really they have a lack of energy in their brain and in their whole body. So, In today's episode, we want to dig into the top strategies that are going to help you stay at the top of your game. And to help me do this, I have none other than Mark here to help me dig into this topic. Welcome to the show today, Mark. Well, I'm glad to be here, Nick. What's good today? Anything exciting going on? Well, you know, I'm just very happy to be here and uh, to help share this uh, exciting topic with our listeners. Yeah, it's going to be this is this is going to be a game changer for a lot of people. You know, I don't know what your struggles are or or, you know, what type of things that you could be facing in your life right now, but without a doubt if you implement the things that we're going to be talking about today, it can be a huge game changer for you. Before we get started though, I really want to thank people for downloading our show, for sharing our show on Facebook and the different social media platforms and and you know, getting our show out there because I've been able to hit the number 1 health podcast in uh, iTunes several times. So that's a really big deal and it's really awesome because that means that we're getting this message out. We're getting this message of you know true health and true healing and true results to many people out there who need it. And the more people that we get to download the show and the more people who listen to it, it makes it it makes it available to be seen by more people. So how that works is we get a higher ranking. The higher ranking we have, the more people who see the show. So all in all, I appreciate your support and appreciate you downloading the show and um, and uh, sharing it with all your friends. But let's go ahead and dig into this topic here. So how to keep your brain sharp, how to avoid the aging brain. So this is a big deal for a lot of people. And you know, just to start digging into why this is such a big deal, it's because degenerative disorders are huge right now. We have Alzheimer's disease. We have ALS, we have Huntington's disease, Parkinson's disease, and so many others. It's estimated that there's about 45 million people worldwide who are suffering from brain degenerative or neurodegenerative disorders. So why don't you dig into some of these facts with me here, Mark? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So what I wanted to do to get started is really just make this very tangible for our listeners, okay? So I know in my own life, I have a tendency to say, oh, that's not going to happen to me. I'm not going to get heart disease. I'm not going to get cancer. I'm not going to have a stroke. Um, but if you look at the facts, if I'm not leave, living a healthy lifestyle and I'm not doing what I need to do, then chances are that may happen to me. So, so let's just look at the facts here. First of all, I wanted to start with Alzheimer's, which is a type of dementia. Mm-hmm. This is actually the sixth leading cause of death in the United States. It kills more people than breast cancer and prostate cancer combined. Okay, so one in three seniors dies either with or because of Alzheimer's or other types of dementia. And in 2015, $226 billion will be spent on treating Alzheimer's and other dementia patients. That's crazy. By, 
Yeah, yeah. So, and and that's only going to get worse unless unless things start to change. So, by 2050, this number could actually rise to 1.1 trillion dollars per year if current trends continue. Most people are going to tell you that there really is no way to prevent Alzheimer's. It's literally just the luck of the draw. Um, however, there is new, very compelling research that may prove just the opposite. Let me tell you a little bit about that. So there was a st study completed on a group of 600 nuns. What it did was it followed their lives from their early 20s when they initially joined the convent until well into older age. What this study showed was that those nuns who had more intellectual curiosity, better language skills, and better cognitive ability in their younger years were actually more likely to escape Alzheimer's disease in their later years. So that's very compelling, very new research, and um, certainly more needs to be done, but it's very um, exciting. So and the next thing I wanted to talk about um, is something we don't initially think about in terms of uh, de degenerative brain disorders, and that would be a strokes. Um, the reason I bring up stroke is because having a stroke can actually age your brain years in just a matter of minutes. If you have decreased blood flow to an area of the brain just a number of minutes, it can age your brain immensely. So each year in the United States, nearly 800,000 people experience a new or recurrent stroke, with the vast majority of those being new strokes. A stroke happens in the United States once every 40 seconds. It is actually the fifth leading cause of death in the United States, whereas Alzheimer's dementia is the sixth leading cause of death. And, and here's the kicker, okay? It's the leading cause of long-term disability in the United States. So what's the goal of our lives? You know, many people want to get hit that 65-year-old range, get to retirement, um, and then, you know, spend time with their families, with their children, with their grandchildren. They want to travel. They want to do all of these things. But then they hit 65, 70 years old, and they have this debilitating stroke that it, it can really ruin. The, if it doesn't kill you, then it can cause you know, grave disability in your later years. So the good news is that up to 80% of strokes can be prevented. And we're going to get a lot more into prevention and, and uh, you know, tips to optimize the brain later on in the show. So I'm not going to delve into that here. But just, just remember that up to 80% of strokes can be prevented. Well, thanks for sharing that positive information at the end there, Mark, because I was getting a little bit concerned with all those, uh, with all the details that uh, are showing that the disease <laughs> oh, yeah, are absolutely. just through the roof, you know, and it's, it's either fortunate or unfortunate, but I've had the experience to be able to witness this firsthand. When I was in graduate school, we would dissect these brains and um, it was really interesting to see a healthy brain versus an unhealthy brain. You'd have a healthy brain, which, you know, would be, uh, would be spongy, the, the sulcuses between the different lobes would uh, be nice and tight versus the degenerative brain, which was typically hard and it would have these big wide gaps in it. And so when you looked at these two different brains, you could really realize that with no history of the individual at all, you would be able to um, tell if this person had actually uh, you know, grown to an old age and was very quick-witted, or if this person had grown to an old age and had some serious struggles to where they didn't know themselves, they didn't know their family, and so you know, this is it, it, with, like I said, with no history at all, you could you could just get a sense of what this person's life was like. So, it's important that as we age, that we you know keep putting a lot of effort into keeping our brain sharp because from the minute we're born, we start losing all these neurons and synapses. And just since you've been listening to this podcast right here, you've already lost hundreds of neurons. And so you're probably wondering, 
If this is the case, if from the minute we're born, we start losing neurons and synapses, why is it that adults are so much more capable than infants? Or is it, why is it that seniors are so much more quick-witted than the average teenager? And it's simply because of this, is because it's not about the number of neurons, but rather the neurons and synapses and how they communicate. It's about how well they're functioning. So though, um, though the, a child's neurons aren't as developed yet, which makes them not nearly as skilled as an adult, they still have more. They're still able to learn much quicker than someone that is elderly. So for instance, you know, if you were to look at my daughter, you know, she's, she, she just picks up information like a sponge. In the first five years of a child's life, how much they learn is absolutely incredible. And it's really interesting to, you know, see all the things that they have to learn that we just take granted for, like walking on the grass and seeing what that feels like, or, you know, feeling the wind in their face. And it's just, you know, this brand new sensation they've never felt before. Now, as an adult, if you feel something like that, or you hear something that's totally abnormal to us that we haven't already experienced, typically we just like freak out, like we'll jump or it'll startle us or scare us. And as a child, they're just learning these things constantly every day. And they're just soaking it up like a sponge. So though they're able to learn things much quicker than someone that is elderly, they do not have a fully developed uh, brain where they have a really fully developed communications between these different neurons and synapses, which really makes um, makes them not as skilled as someone that is elderly. It's estimated, though, that the brain reaches full maturity at the age of 25. And so as you continue to age, it's important to pay really special attention to some of the different warning warning signs that can indicate that you're starting to have some brain degeneration or even pay pay attention to some of the warning signs that someone around you is having some brain degeneration. Because, you know, I've witnessed first, witnesses firsthand with uh, my grandmother as well. It's really sad when you see somebody who is developing Alzheimer's and they're starting to not even know who they are. They're starting to not even know who their own children and their grandchildren are. And so, you know, this, this starts... Um, it starts to creep up on somebody. And I think at first, most people don't realize it. Well, I know, in fact, it's, it's fact that most people don't realize it. So that's why it's like, you have to really pay attention to those around you and, and see, like, are they repeating the same stories? Are they telling, uh, telling the same jokes and acting as if they've never said them before? So, you know, paying attention to yourself, but also paying attention to those around you for some of these warning signs can really help turn somebody's life around if they're starting to develop brain degeneration early on in their in, in their younger ages because most people think that is normal to get forgetful as you get older. You know, a lot of people will joke about it and say, oh, you know, I'm just getting old or maybe they'll start dozing off every time they pick up a book. They're unable to focus. They no longer find joy in relationships and their mood just becomes negative and sour. Like I said, people joke about this. People laugh like, ah, oh, you know, he's just old and cranky or something like that. But it's it's not age. It's a sign of brain degeneration and it's really serious stuff. How it starts is usually 
you'll have some days that you're performing really well at work and you consider that to be a good day. And then you'll have some days where you can't focus and you just can't really think straight and you consider that to be a bad day. But slowly you start to have more bad days and be, until bad days just become the norm. But in fact, it's not normal at all and you shouldn't be complacent with this because brain degeneration isn't just deterioration of your brain. It's a deterioration of your career, your relationships, and really every aspect of your life. So when we are talking about brain degeneration, it doesn't just all come down to diagnoses such as Alzheimer's and dementia and Parkinson's like you were talking about earlier, Mark. What can actually happen is there's many common secondary conditions that can stem from this. So a secondary condition is something that is stemming from the primary condition, which is brain degeneration. And these secondary conditions are things such as fatigue, depression, and gastrointestinal problems. Because what this really is, is this is a top-down issue. It starts in the brain and it starts to affect the rest of the body. Right. So let's start with fatigue, which I mentioned. So there was Three things that I typically see that are really early signs of brain degeneration. I'll mention them again. Fatigue, depression, and gastrointestinal problems. So let's start with fatigue. Fatigue syndrome is, is really you know a top-down issue like I mentioned. What happens is the brain degenerates. Your brain cells develop really poor endurance to just ordinary tasks that you would, you would be able to do on a normal uh, basis. Uh, once your brain fatigues, your whole body fatigues. And just simple things that you normally did throughout your whole life is just causing you to uh, conk out like mid-afternoon. So for instance, like when I'm working with some of the executives that I work with, they'll tell me like, you know, by the time noon comes, like I am shot. Like physically, I feel like I have some energy, but my brain is just shot. Or it could even be that um, it could be that they just have brain fog every day. And this is a fatigue problem in the brain, which like I said, once the brain fatigues, essentially the whole body is starting to fatigue. So some of the things that make that you may be doing on a regular basis that is now starting to cause fatigue, you might want to look for look out for. So you know if you're managing a company and you find that you're just done by map afternoon, your brain just isn't working anymore. That's a problem. You know, reading can cause fatigue. Uh, simple things just like driving or watching an action-packed movie can cause fatigue in these people who have um, brain degeneration. And then, of course, just all the various inputs just overwhelms you and, and the exhausted neurons within your brain are just fatiguing much quicker than they did when you were younger. And it's a sign of brain degeneration in most cases. And then of course, output, output to the rest of the body decreases and the body is just gonna continue to fatigue and fatigue as well with just regular, ordinary tasks. Yeah, and just to further touch on that, um, I work with a lot of chronically ill people. Um, and again, for those of you who don't know, I'm a registered nurse. I work in a, a critical care. So um, I, I see this very much, the, the fatigue in, in chronically ill people. So they have multiple factors involved. And, and, and it's almost every single time they're going to have this fatigue, okay? So it, it's not just a heart problem. It's, it's not just a blood vessel problem. It, it most of the time, there's also a brain issue involved as well, and then you're going to have these other symptoms. So the next thing I'm going to touch on is depression. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and this is a common outcome of poor brain health, just like fatigue. 
So there is a simple neurological explanation. And again, with depression, there are very many causes. This is potentially just one cause, but there is a simple neurological explanation. That is the decreased firing of the frontal lobe area in the brain. This is the area in the brain that gives us motivation and a sense of well-being. This decreased firing or uh, decreased activation in the frontal lobe can be caused by imbalances in brain chemicals or hormones. Uh, for instance, we know that testosterone and estrogen, so testosterone for men, estrogen for women, these hormones are needed for good frontal lobe function. And we can actually become depressed or depression can happen if, if these hormones are out of sync. Hormones are certainly affected by diet and lifestyle. And again, with depression, there are many causes. But um, for a lot of us who have mild depression, um, really, if we just begin to start eating better, exercising, we begin to bring our body, those hormones back into a, a state of well-being or as it is called homeostasis. Um, and then really our outlook on life and, and those depressive symptoms can begin to improve. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's really interesting because there's so many people who are actually suffering from depression today. I mean, how many people are on antidepressants these mm -hmm. days, right? I mean, you probably see this all the time. Uh, I see it all the time. It's, it's a, a pretty massive number of people. And so, you know, again, a lot of these people just have mild depressive symptoms that really could be helped with just literally just diet and exercise. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's interesting. Okay, now let me jump into the third most common problem that you would typically find um, in somebody with brain degeneration, and that's GI problems, so gastrointestinal problems, things such as indigestion, food sensitivities, acid reflux, constipation, gas, bloating, you know, you name it. These different things can be a, a, a result of brain degeneration. Now, don't get me wrong, brain degeneration isn't always the culprit here. So, um, you know, don't run to your neurologist and, and, you know, start freaking out about brain degeneration because you've been having some different GI issues. But it's definitely uh, a very common thing that should be looked to if you're having GI problems that are chronic or even irreversible. You just can't seem to solve them no matter what you do. So um, the way that this all works is that your brain is always communicating through um, – to your body through the brainstem. Normal firing of the brain stimulates the brainstem to control your heartbeat, things such as your breathing, your digestion, and all other vital things that your body does without you even consciously being aware of it, right? So the vagus nerve runs from your brainstem and it branches out like roots and it goes to your intestines. When your vagus nerve isn't functioning properly or transmitting information properly uh, so that you can have uh, good bowel movements and good enzyme outputs from your pancreas for food digestion, um, you know, and really overall good digestion, what can happen is that it can, it can be due to a degenerative process in your brain. A brain that's not functioning properly due to gener degeneration and inflammation, output to the brain stem lowers, which decreases the firing of the vagus nerve, which leads to poor digestion and poor uh, basically all these things I just mentioned. It can lead to the food sensitivities and so much more. So like I said, this isn't always the case. This isn't always the culprit. However, it's definitely a problem when this vagus nerve is not transmitting signals properly to the intestines because of a brainstem issue, then without a doubt, you might want to start looking towards um, is my GI problems due to brain degeneration or 
are my GI problems due to uh, just, uh, you know, maybe the foods I'm eating and some of those different things. So there's a lot to be considered here when you talk about fatigue and depression and GI problems. So these are some major symptoms that I see all the time. Now, it really, you have to get to the bottom of it. And that's why, you know, in, at New Vision Health Center, we do the very specific testing that we do. Um, just because we really dig in in order to find out why people are having these problems. But what I want to do is just give you some tangible strategies in this episode to just know if you're suffering from a degenerative brain degenerative problem. And these are very upstream. The fatigue, the depression, the gastrointestinal problems, these are upstream. These are, these are the secondary conditions that present, prevent years before, let's say, a diagnosis of Alzheimer's happens. So, you know, pay attention to these things. And if you're suffering from any of these different problems, you might want to really consider um, getting tested and figuring out really why is this why this is happening and really get to the bottom of this now that we've talked about all the things that you should look for and also the many diseases now we're going to jump into really the the reason the whole reason you're listening to this show really the important part for you and it's how to keep your brain sharp and also how to keep a sustainable long-lasting energy and sharpness within your brain and so that you're not falling into this pit where so many people are suffering from a neurodegenerative disorder because like Mark said the new science is out and it says that these things can possibly be avoided and that if you take the proper steps that you're going to be set up for a success a successful future and not find yourself just falling to these different problems. You know, just like we make a conscious effort to eat right and exercise, we have to make a conscious effort to protect our brain, doing the right things, and also um, building our brain. Yeah, so I just want to start off with the tip of, and, and this is something that I think everybody knows or most people know, but I feel like I have to say it anyways. So if you're currently smoking, stop it, okay? Um, smoking can really double your risk of, of stroke, okay? So, that, I mean, that's huge, especially if you're, you're 65 years old, your risk is already higher. If you're still smoking, it doubles the risk on top of that. So, uh, the other thing is moderate alcohol intake, so which would be two glasses of alcohol per day for men and one glass of alcohol per day for women. Um, anything above that, there's really some neg negativity involved there. So you just really be moderate and, and just watch what you're doing. So quit smoking and moderate alcohol intake. Tip number one. Yeah, obviously. It's all about moderation. And, and it's crazy when you start thinking about some of the, these things that are just dead obvious, how many people are actually doing them on a daily basis. So, you know, let's, let's start with the dead obvious. And that's a good tip. The next thing I want to talk about is plasticity. And this is a big one because this is really cool, the science of plasticity. And so how this work is, works is just as trees grow roots in order to find water, as you stimulate the neurons in your brain, their branches that are called dendrites grow outward into the th surrounding neurons, increasing communication. And this is called plasticity or the ability to build pathways within the brain. So now there's two different types of plasticity. There's negative plasticity and there's positive plasticity. So negative plasticity is something like, uh, I'll use a child for instance. So a child who's playing a lot of video games. We always hear that child, a child shouldn't play video games. And you know, it's many, many times uh, most people don't even know why. But um, you know, the reason that 
you know, that uh, you don't want children pay, playing an excessive amount of video games where they're, you know, shooting and blowing things up is because of plasticity. This is considered negative plasticity. And what happens is as this child is playing these video games and blowing things up and, and you know, his brain is developing around this. He's literally like, I mean, he's literally developing developing a brain that is going to war. And so, you know, next thing you know, the the brain's survival oriented limbic system is constantly in a fight or flight state. So you get this child is building this negative plasticity in this fight or flight sympathetic state. And then, you know, they try to go to school and they can't focus. They react harshly when people, um, you know, try to, um, let's say, uh, correct them if they have bad behavior. And so, you know, you, you got to make sure that you're not developing negative plasticity in your body and in your or in your brain, I guess. And so one of the ways that this could happen or play out in someone that's older is maybe bad relationships, you know, a really poor uh, quality job and just things that are, you know, negative uh, on a daily basis. This will develop this negative plasticity and make your brain wire in a very negative manner. Now, when it comes to building positive plasticity, it's very important that we do this in order to, to maintain our brain health and energy long term. You know, this is called long term potentiation. This is the long lasting ability for the neurons to communicate with each other in the brain. So just as we were talking about those children who have more neurons and more synapses, we're looking at how can we make these synapses Better. How can we make these neurons and synapses function and communicate better in the brain? And that's why an elderly person is sharper than a younger person in a lot of cases because they're, they have this really strong developed communication. And so in order to become more efficient in learning tasks and, and, and maintain brain health as you get older, you really have to challenge your brain on a daily basis. You have to challenge your brain physically and cognitively. In order to maintain your brain, you really need to be a scholar and an athlete as you start to get older. You know what, like I said, after 25, your brain has matured and it's going to go downhill from there. So what you want to do is you want to just use this positive plasticity of doing new things and new experiences, reading books and, and uh, you know, what, whatever it may be, learning to play a guitar. These things are going to create this plasticity within your brain. It's one of those things. If you don't use it, you lose it. And um, you definitely will lose your brain if you're not creating that positive plasticity. Many people just go through life doing the same old thing. They go to their job and it could be working on a computer and they're just punching buttons. And, you know, this isn't creating plasticity within the brain. It's really just you know, the same old routine. So you want to challenge your brain. You want to learn a new language and, and learn how to play the piano, learn how to play a new sport, do all these things that challenge your brain. It's really interesting. So, you know, if you were to look at like, for instance, my, my wife's grandfather, as he travels, he does all types of things. He's teaching uh, how to do stained glass. He's teaching uh, classes on how to make stained glass windows. And he's you know, always uh, learning a new language or doing something. Well, he's also very, very sharp. In, in his age, he's able to, you know, respond quickly. He's very sharp. And, um, you know, this is how you create that positive plasticity. He's always challenging himself, doing things that he's never done before. Um, and not just sitting around watching TV and saying, well, you know, it's all, it's all downhill from here. Like he's very, very sharp. And so, 
this positive plasticity, just like uh, we saw in that Nun study, is definitely um, it's it's really hopeful for people's future in order to um, avoid the neurodegenerative conditions. All right, very interesting, Nick. And so, really, what you're saying is you're you're trying to cross train the brain in all these different aspects, such as the math, the the sciences, and then the arts as well, because you want to use both hemispheres of your brain. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what it is. It's challenging your brain with new things. I mean, I even I personally do this. I I find that it's so easy to get into the same routine day in and day out and find yourself not challenging yourself doing new things. So it's like you really have to pay attention to your routines and, and right. add things to them and, and try new things. And, you know, whether it's learning how to cook or paint or whatever, you know, just try new things and really uh, push those boundaries to keep your brain functioning at its peak performance. Well, that's, that's fantastic. So the next tip we have is uh, regarding exercise. Obviously, everybody probably knows regular exercise can be very beneficial for your overall health. Also, more specifically, with what we're talking about today, your brain health. Personally, I recommend high-intensity type exercise, more specifically high-intensity interval training. I'm going to go into two things here. Number one, why does this work? And number two, how does it work? First of all, why does this work? There's a chemical signaling molecule found in the body called endothelial nitric oxide. It is actually found in the blood vessel walls and is activated by exercise and more specifically by an elevated heart rate that's, that's kept elevated for an extended period of time. Uh, the purpose of the endothelial nitric oxide is to dilate out the blood vessels. This increases glucose uptake in the brain and also activates energy in the brain. This also increases circulation because if you dilate out those blood vessels, there's more room to push blood up into the brain and get that circulation going. So these effects of nitric oxide work to improve circulation, as I said, and can help to actually dissolve built-up plaque on the arterial walls. The effects of nitric oxide also last long after you finish exercising, which is why, again, circulation and brain function increase after exercise. So number two, how does it work? In order to raise your heart rate, and this is speaking more specifically about high-intensity training, in order to yeah. raise your heart rate to the ideal zone, you must do high-intensity exercises. Typically, this is going to involve intense bursts of activity followed by periods of rest. And Nick, I know you went into this into great detail in a previous podcast, so I'd recommend and anybody who hasn't listened to that one, certainly go back and listen to it. Um, but that's the gist of it, is high-intensity bursts of activity followed by periods of rest. Um, for most people, walking on a treadmill while you're at the gym watching TV isn't going to get your heart rate up enough to release nitric oxide. Um, I will say, though, for some elderly, for some people who maybe haven't worked out in a long time or are pretty overweight, out of shape, every, everybody's going to be different in terms of what intensity level it's going to take in order to um, get that heart rate elevated for them. So, you know, honestly, for some of our elderly folks, it may just be walking or a light jog on a treadmill that's going to get them to that desired desired level. So I just bring that up because I want everyone to know, and, and I hope hopefully we have some elderly listeners here that um, high intensity training isn't just for the twenty year old young gun. Okay, it's for everybody. Everybody can do this. Um, it's very adaptable. So um, again, the the purpose 
here is, is with the high intensity training is to release that nitric oxide that's going to dilate out the blood vessels and that's also going to um, help reduce the plaque in the arteries. Yeah, that's excellent information. Now the next thing I want to jump into is the essential fatty acids. <clears throat> when it comes to essential fatty acids, it's really important to, of course, increase the good fats because your brain is made up of 60% fat. So if you want to feed your brain, you have to feed it the good fats like the, the avocado and the olive oil. But more importantly is one very specific that I'm going to talk about, and that's DHA. DHA is a major building block of the brain is, and is essential uh, for the brain health and function of the neurons. Now, it's, it's called an essential fatty acid simply because our bodies can't produce it. Now, our bodies are capable of producing different nutrients and vitamins within the gastrointestinal tract. However, we can't produce these essential fatty acids. They're essential because they have to come from our diet. DHA plays a huge role in improving the fluidity of the neuron membranes, supporting the growth of the new neuronal dendrites, improving the ability of the neurons to release neurotransmitters, and enhancing the signaling between the neurons. Okay, so relating back to the plasticity situation. DHA has also been shown to boost brain function, improve quality of life, reduce the incidence of neurodegenerative conditions, the Alzheimer's and all these things we'd mentioned, and improve both short-term and long-term memory. In summary, DHA is used to enhance brain function, reduce brain inflammation, and reduce the incidence of neurodegenerative conditions. So whether you're talking about a small child or an elderly adult, DHA is a very important piece to have in your diet. Um, as a child's brain is developing, this is shown time and time again it's the different studies that they've done that the children who are taking this DHA supplementation they're much much more um, uh, intelligent they have a higher IQ than the kids who didn't so it's a big deal and of course you know all these things I just told you how it improves your overall quality of life by improving your brain function and reducing the incidence of neurodegenerative conditions you know, the DHA is a very simple thing to add to your diet in order to have massive, massive benefit. And so, like, you know, I, I see it to be so important that I actually went through all the effort of actually, um, you know, spending hours and hours to formulate my own uh, DHA essential fatty acid formula. And that's called NeuroBoost. And you can find that on NewVisionExcel.com. But, you know, it's... It, is one of the things that I found to be so essential that's lacking in people's diet. Because in order to get an adequate amount of DHA, you have to eat uh, a lot of fish. And so, you know, our ancestors, they did eat a lot of fish. But there's a big difference between what they did back then and what we have today. Because back then, you know, the fish was an excellent source of DHA. But today, not so much. And that's simply because there's so much uh, mercury and heavy metals within the fish. There's tons and tons of toxins and um, they're finding radiation in the fish like crazy because of, you know, what, what happened in Japan. So, you know, fish anymore is not a great source of DHA simply because it's so toxic. So what I suggest is supplementing with it. It's something that I do. It's something that my wife does. And, you know, I, I, if, I, if I do it for my family and I do it for myself, I simply 
um, you know, want you to do it. And I surely want that for you as well. I wouldn't do something and not tell you about it. Um, and it's something that I find so important that I, like I said, I went through the effort of formulating it because I think that people should be taking it on a daily basis. I know I do. Um, and I know my family does. And so I think you should as well, because for this simple, uh, trick or tip right here, I mean, it's going to have long-term benefits and it's, it's, it's building sustainability in your brain function. And our next topic here is going to talk about stress. Uh, we really need to, the Americans, I would say, have a very high stress lifestyle. We're always on the go. We always have our, our kids, you know, in, in these different, uh, athletic, um, tournaments and such. And, uh, we're always on our phones. We're always watching TV. We're always doing something. We're never taking time for ourselves. Um, unfortunately stress inhibits the flow of oxygen to the brain. So when the body is constantly in a state of sympathetic or, or stressful excitation, um, in terms of oxygen supply, the brain actually gets kicked towards the bottom of the totem pole, as you could say. So it doesn't get the required oxygen that it needs. What this does is it leads to inflammation within the brain. This can then spiral into worsening brain inflammation, uh, which then leads to de degenerative brain diseases such as dementia and Alzheimer's if the cycle isn't stopped. If you, if you have a lifelong cycle of that, that's what it leads to. So really what I want to hit on is a couple of methods in order to decrease stress. One thing I've already talked about here in great detail, and that's exercise. Exercise is absolutely huge for decreasing stress. If you've ever heard of the runner's high, you get that endorphin release. You feel great while you're running and also for quite a while after you're done, not just running but also any type of exercise, including high-intensity exercise. Um, so you remain relaxed long after you done, you're done exercising. So that's number one. Number two uh, would be dietary methods to decrease stress. We have a lot of caffeine in our diet. <clears throat> as well as excess sugars. Um, with both of these things, they create highs and lows in energy. What we want to try and do is create consistent energy throughout the day because if you have too much caffeine, excess sugars, you're creating these highs and lows in your blood sugar. Um, on the lows, you're actually much more um, stressed because you're, 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 having, you're having to get more stress in order to be more focused, okay? So if you have consistent energy throughout the day, that's going to help you just relax more, just enjoy yourself and be consistent throughout the day. Next thing would be relaxation techniques that can be helpful if you're overly stressed and these other methods aren't quite cutting it for you. Deep breathing exercises can be very beneficial. Meditation is a great way to decrease stress. Also, I'd probably throw in yoga here. It's kind of a mix between uh, exercise and uh, relaxation technique, depending on how hardcore you do it. You know, I mean, you could do it um, very gently, and it's more of a, a relaxation technique, very um, fervently, you could say, and it's more of an exercise. So um, I think those are all great ways, and, and hopefully you can implement some of them in your life. Yeah, I mean, stress is it's really crazy because stress is something that I, I, I see that all the businessmen and women that I work with, they face this problem. And it's funny because when they start working with me, they probably, in most cases, they just haven't heard somebody talk about this before. They haven't heard somebody say, hey, look, we got to work on your stress level. We got to work on... Um, we got to work on calming you down. I want you to start doing these strategies. And I even give them, you know, right off the bat, different um, 
tools in order to reduce stress. And I think some of them are just like, what is this guy talking about? But it's huge. It's absolutely huge and how it plays into brain degeneration, how it plays into uh, absolute hormone chaos within the body. And if I have somebody that's in a really stressful situation or just a stressful place in their life and um, they want me to get them well, it's like, look, we got to work on some of the basics. And that's why uh, I incorporate lifestyle into in, in so much into what I do. You know, it's not about uh, having all the fancy, you know, supplements or the, the fancy tests and all that. A lot of it's about lifestyle. Now, don't right. get me wrong. It's about getting direction, being clear on what you need to do because you can't manage what you can't measure. So, you know, that's important as well. But adding, fixing the lifestyle is absolutely huge. And so let's recap on what we just talked about here. And these are the things that you need to start doing in order to have uh, a good, sharp brain for a lifetime. It's all about sustainability here at New Vision Health Center. Sustainability in health, sustainability in your in your overall brain function is important as well. So uh, first, we talked about the obvious: stop smoking. You know, take it easy on the alcohol, and um, and, and those are really the things that are just the dead obvious. Next thing was plasticity um, and how that helps increase the communication in your brain and how there's studies on this that are already showing that there's really a positive outlook on plasticity and how it can stop the degenerative process within the brain and helping you stay sharp. We talked about exercise, specifically high-intensity interval training. Implement this, many great benefits. The use of Essential fatty acids such as DHA, and I talked about the NeuroBoost supplement that I formulated and how that has really good levels of DHA and essential fatty acids in it. And then lastly, we talked about stress and how it's absolutely important to reduce the stress level in your life. And I think that if you implement all these things into your life that you're going to um, – I mean without without a doubt, it's in the research that you're going to see some benefit from this. So – uh, implement this in your life, and that's all I got for you today. So thanks for doing this uh, with me, Mark, because you know you really shed a lot of light on this topic, and um, I think that a lot of people are going to benefit from it greatly. Well, thanks for having me today, Nick. And, and just one last tip here: um, it's never too late too late to change your lifestyle. So uh, you know, if you're 20 or if you're 85 or 90 or 100, you can always make little changes in your lifestyle that are going to be very beneficial for your brain in, in order to stay sharp down the road. So thank you for having me today. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you. Everyone have an amazing day and we look forward to uh, having you with us on the next podcast. And also thank you again so much for sharing this with your friends and putting the word out about what we're doing here because uh, this information is life changing and there's a lot of people who need it. So, you know, I'm, I thank you and they thank you and, um, you know, very grateful for all your support. Take care and have a wonderful day. If you want more information to multiply your health and simplify your lifestyle, visit our website at excelpodcast.com. Until next time, have an outstanding day.